0: Welcome to the Self Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I welcome Corrine, where we're going to be talking about self confidence, surviving to thriving and many, many more topics today. So just an introduction to Corrine and then we'll dive in today. So Corrine is an inner peace warrior, freedom finder and emotional wellness champion. She is an expert in self-love, forgiveness and breaking childhood trauma cycles. She also empowers women to shift from surviving to thriving. So welcome to the show today, Corrine. Glad to have you on here. Yeah, first of all, might be really useful to hear a little bit about what makes you like so passionate about this area and really helping women with these particular challenges.
1: Uh, Well, some of it comes from simply being um, a mom, the journey that I went through as a mom. um, A lot of it goes back to just childhood too. So the childhood I grew up with, um, compared to what I wanted to have for my children, what I envisioned um, and then the residuals, if you will, of my childhood that spilled into my ability to parent. Um, I I lost my dad and my brother both to substances. Um, so I lost my dad seventeen years ago and at the end of this month it'll be 12 years since I lost my dad or my brother. and so I'm this journey really is about teaching people about how to love themselves and how, where does that stem from understanding their emotions, um, and really having a good whole health perspective. Um, so the passion for serving women comes from being a woman myself and relatability, knowing that women, you know, are going to raise up that next generation of, um, young people from um, that. We, and we have, connections you know to the young people so that's why i focus on women
0: awesome well thank you for sharing your your story a little bit and um you know p- perhaps like a couple of the the close situations or close family members that um you know that there's it's obviously impact have been a challenge for you um so we talked a little bit about childhood or you kind of like touched on it a little bit um mm-hmm. And particularly in my own journey, like digging deep and it's continual work I'm doing going into like those childhood events and actually looking at maybe where some of those, uh, you know, losses or uh, maybe sort of like mini sort of like traumas or bigger sort of traumas and how they've like impacted me later. From from sort of like, oh, we talk about like childhood trauma, is there, there can be quite a lot to dive in. So was there like, is there a starting place you you would guide someone to look at when they're trying to look back at their childhood and look at maybe some of these challenges?
1: I think what's really important about trauma and looking back at your childhood is to really see that the people that raised you were operating from their highest level of awareness. Mm. Um, you know, we can project the blame out, um, you know, because we're we're hurt, right? We're wounded, right? We have a, a a little, a child inside of us that's wounded and we've been through different types of traumas, right? There's all kinds of traumas, Mm -hmm. um, but forgiveness is really a big piece of it is forgiving them, um, and just recognizing that you can separate the being from the behavior, right? I can love the person, and not like the behavior, and that gives you a certain level of peace. But when we start really looking at childhood trauma, um, and you know specifically, if I look at um, what they call an ACEs score, so adverse childhood experiences, um, there's a list of ten um, things that you can take on a list, little quiz, and they, in the state of California, they implemented that it's um, given at the pediatrician's office. Um, So seven things that if you've experienced is the higher your ACE ACE score is, the more physical things you may see wrong with your body. Mm -hmm. And so um, understanding ACEs, understanding um, what childhood trauma physically does to your body was very important to me. Um, My ACE score is a seven out of 10. And um, what I was looking at was how do I heal me? Um so forgiveness was a big piece in learning to love me, right? Because when we receive a lot of criticism or different chaos is going on, we can perceive that it's somehow our fault. And I needed to heal my relationship with me. First is, you know, the most important piece. But my body was always in this perpetual state of fight or flight. Um, and that is what can cause the long-term issues with health. So mm-hmm. in autoimmune disease, um, you know, we can see congestive heart failure, asthma, there's all a whole host of them, a whole host of things that can come up. Um, but from on the outside, I'm like, oh, my life is great and everything is great. Um, and then the doctor was like, well, that's not what your blood work says. Your blood work says you're under a great deal of stress. So looking to heal that. Um, was a really big piece of why I was looking at trauma in and of itself right so forgiveness self-love working with the whole body and healing literally from the inside out
0: yeah I, yeah really value what you said about in particular like the forgiveness and separating the uh the human behavior from the being um mm-hmm. I've got one teacher I listened to and it's uh called peter sage and he he always looked the, his um in a couple of his programs at the way he looks at like forgiveness is like uh the the strength that you've got out of it as well like that you've been able to develop which i thought was a really interesting for giving me this strength forgive yeah mm-hmm. but yeah right. obviously in the moment it's um it's not as easy um,
1: right it, it builds resilience right because yeah. it as I'm looking to continue to better myself. And we all have wounds in, you know, to various degrees and things that we've been subjected to. And, you know, they even title, you know, big T, little T as far as trauma. And, um, you know, going through the things I did, like losing my dad, losing my brother. And then I, you know, I just, I lost my mom um, almost two years ago to cancer and my best friend um, a few months before that to cancer. And so seeking what was the gift from their life? You know, what what did they leave for me? What did I learn about them from them? And um, even, you know, like when I look back at, um, I had told you before, you know, I've been on this journey for 22 years. And the first phase of my journey came from me having a breakdown and me you know, sitting on a bathroom floor sobbing and wanting to take my own life. And a lot of that was because I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. I was trying to live up to an expectation of, you know, what I perceived that society wanted me to be as a mom, as a wife, as a woman. And um, once I started taking off all the masks I was wearing, um, the joy started to come right once I started to my thoughts change those around right and start focusing on and energetically sending to myself the love understanding you know why am I feeling the way I'm feeling in addressing it instead of eating that <laughs> I wasn't really good at stuffing my emotions with eating mm-hmm. um, but there were gifts so When my dad died, I started down a path of really understanding, you know, just how people learn differently, why people behave the way they do. But when my brother died, because that one was like, you know, just really blindsided. And um, I wanted to understand why people go through addiction. And that really set me down on this path. I wanted to understand why, why do people harm themselves with chemicals? You know, why do we, why do they, drink too much why do they um take pills and um it really it started to come to this circle of it was they didn't love themselves right and because then when they they didn't love themselves and something would happen they would um do something destructive to themselves but then in that destruction there was a wave right it rippled out right? So they were hurting the people that they love. And then when they realized they were hurting the people they love, then they would hurt themselves some more. And it can just continue this vicious cycle. And um, one day I was like, you know, why am I not an addict? Why was my brother an addict? Why was my dad? Why am I not? Why is my sister not? And then one day it was like, you start to learn, right? So my drug of choice was, sugar like food i would eat or i would watch mind-numbing tv i would you know um that was how i was stuffing my emotions instead of dealing with things instead of really looking at what needed to be looked at um so just like the gift in their lives was me loving me more and understanding you know and then wanting to take that out to the streets if you will and to help other people um, understand how they can help themselves out of these kind of dark places
0: mm-hmm. I I really value what you said about uh, different types of addictions because when like we hear the word addiction I know like sort of growing up when I would have heard the word addiction it would have been like oh maybe an alcoholic or addicted to drugs or like now and then, actually, you know, even though it's it's legal, obviously smoking's uh, an addiction. But actually, there's other addictions. There's, you know, there's mm-hmm. like food. There's like sex. There's TV. There's social media. Is <laughs> an addiction. Sorry. It's all sorts of addictions, right? Um. So yeah, like I, it's I really like the way you recognise yours was food. Um, I know Tony Robbins, even the great man himself, said his was uh, to a point eating a lot of food as well.
1: Right, because it's like, what am I doing to soothe myself? And here's Mm. the difference, right? It's We're not talking about the person that goes out and has an occasional drink. You know, we're not talking about having a piece of cake to celebrate a birthday. Yeah, sure. We're talking about specifically that instead of taking a look inside, right, I say pop the hood. Instead of looking under the hood to say, Why am I feeling, you know, why am I reaching for this? Right. Why am I doing this? That's what I got really curious. I started to investigate. It was like, what's happening here. What am I really feeling? What was the thought that preceded it? Right. Because the thought caused the feeling it's my responsibility. Now it's not anybody else's within my circle of responsibility are my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions, those are all on me. And, um, it was so much easier when I could just be like, well, you know, you made me and it made me and this made me and I could project that blame outward. It was a lot easier. Um, but when you start to really look around, um, negativity is contagious, right? Negativity can be that, that go-to, right? It's, um, Mm. I can push my, my poison out onto you. I can spew it onto you. I can go out and you know all the different ways you can get hooked on to something instead of addressing what's happening inside of you it's, well, it's a lot that you can do
0: yeah yeah certainly and i i can certainly relate to just or even works another addiction it's like people put their head away in like work and things like that and
1: yeah, yeah it's hard some days, right? But when I tell myself it's hard, it is always going to be hard, right? So mm. I, I look at it and think, I got this, I can do this, I can face this, right? And I find myself using the neuroencoding tools it's on myself, right? I'm going to stop, you know, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> stop, tell myself that, you know, stop doing that, stop thinking that, why are you, you know, why are you letting that poison infect you? And, you know, when it comes to the family portion of it, right, so when we look back at our childhood and we think about the wounds, right, we can believe that it was intentional. It's like they intentionally did those things, and they were just vicious and awful, but if you take a step back and look at what did they have going on that, right, that caused causes right, not that it justifies it, because I would never be like, oh, yeah, that, you know, it justifies it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, can you see the human behind the behavior, right? Can you see that, that we all do stuff that isn't necessarily, um, you know, it's not the kindest thing, um, especially when we're in a triggered moment, right? So I'm triggered, you know, in and out of a reactionary state, um, I say things that I don't mean. Mm. Um, I do things that I regret. Um, And in those low places, then we start to we want to feel better. The brain wants to feel better. And once they hit a dopamine, so you eat the sugar, you know, you drink the drink, mm. you watch the show, you, you know, you do the thing to get that quick release of dopamine when it was probably be better if you just go out for a 30 minute walk, you know, or, you know, put your feet in the ground and and ground yourself and let that negative energy get absorbed out of you. There's lots of things that we can do that give us a nice slow drip slow drip of dopamine as opposed to that quick fix hmm.
0: it's it's there's and a couple of things like you you've been saying like to understand where someone else comes from i always feel like a need like that i've had to develop almost uh, i don't know about you but that high level of awareness of someone else because it's quite easy for us just to be <laughs> reactive human beings but it takes a step back sometimes and a realization It also sounds like uh, you've developed a real strong uh, self-awareness and being able to catch yourself. Okay, my thought's going down that way. I mean, just to share a little bit what I do, like I work personally with a one-to-one somatic coach going deep into the body as well, because that was like one area I was missing. And um, like we we did something where I went through and it's like, okay, I'm feeling this emotion and that's what's caused it. Where's this coming from? What do I need right now? It's like, actually, I might have a very upset little child inside that's been hurt from, you know, someone's maybe rejected me or said something rejecting, but he's very hurt from his childhood, whether that's losing my brother, like I lost a brother as well, or losing losing another relative, and he's, like, really hurt, and it actually comes back to that. What's he need right now? Actually, it's not about the other person necessarily, but he needs a hug, even if that's hugging myself and then some kind of tool.
1: I love that. I um, I use a technique I'm trained in, and it's called RAMP, and it's Rapid Accelerated Mind Patterning. Um, so taking, you know, people who have experienced, you know, like the child wound, um, and taking them into that subconscious, down into the theta brain wave, and getting them to go back and do the child work. Right, give the child a hug. Too, right, we don't, we can't erase somebody's memory of it. But we have the ability to lessen the vibration of it so that it doesn't have such an impact on us emotionally. Um, so, when you can talk about something that happened to you before and you can speak to it without it being an emotional mess, you know. Um, so, I've done obviously a lot of work, and as you have, so when you lose the people that you love, and um, and you lose them in ways that you know because you don't have any control over that, right? Mm. Um, and as humans, we want control.
0: <laughs> I'm, dro- I'm um, dreadful with the control element, yeah.
1: Uh, right. We we you know we want to be able to to fix things and in, and in, in make things better. And but when you lose people, you know, abruptly, it's um, that creates this big gap in your life. And um, when you can finally speak to that without breaking down. Um, that's a really big deal, you know, I mean, to, for me to be able to talk about my dad and my brother, it's a big deal. Now, my mom, sometimes, you know, I, I'm still going to cry mm, <laughs> when course. I'm talking about her, you know, it's still pretty raw, but, um, that's really cool that, you know, dropping into your body. I'm a big believer in, um, healing from the inside out and, um, getting in touch with your soul whatever you want to call it. Um, But I believe it's a soul and then what's inside of you and listening to that voice. um, What does it need? You know, maybe it is that hug for the little, the child inside of you. Maybe right now, um, maybe right now I'm feeling like I'm not being seen, right? You get kind of curious as to, you know, why, why is that happening? Um, But really, when you get curious about you, it does make you help you start looking around and you're like, huh, like, I wonder what happened to them that they're so angry, you know, Mm -hmm. like at the line in the grocery store and the the person in front of you is really short with the cashier, you know, and um, I mean, I see this often around the holidays. And so now, instead of being judgmental, I get curious and I think, wow, like, I wonder what's going on that they're so, um, they're so uptight right now, you know, that they're so angry. There's, you know there's a something in there going on Mm. (laughs) and that's kind of the way I look at people now I think
0: (laughs) yeah I love that the the curiosity element um it's it's not always yeah not always it's a it takes practice right it's like you naturally want to judge and be like something and like Mm -hmm. one thing I learned is like we're never not going to judge it's always that's kind of the brain is just about like kind of how you know how quickly can I change my thoughts in those kind of moments or question it or get a bit more aware. I I I found so that's always interesting.
1: Yeah, um, and I you know I just really think too that like people have. Um, I mean, I had this like thought come to me once I was at a convention and it I was looking around and I'm looking at all the people and I'm thinking everybody has some sort of wound. Yeah. You know, there's like, everybody has something that they're dealing with that when you're walking down the street, you don't know, you know, like you just, you don't know. So if, if somebody lashes, that's not about me. So when I quit taking things personally and I start looking around and going that that's not about me that's not about me. How can it be about me? And I stopped taking anything personally because most of the time, people aren't like, they're not focused on me. They're focused on themselves. So if somebody says something or does something hurtful, it's not about me. And I don't make assumptions. I don't pretend like I know what other people are thinking because I'm not a mind reader and I don't know. right? So I like to ask clarifying questions. Um, that works really well in marriage, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> um Right, because if I make it about me, um, and that's often a a question I ask in coaching, is I'm like, "What are you making it mean about you?"
0: Mm, Great question.
1: Yeah, it's not about you. It's typically not about you, right? You know, and then it's like, "Do I show up? Do I show up being my best self?" Sometimes my best self is today. I got up out of bed and I brushed my teeth and I pulled up my hair, and that's my best self today. Can I be okay with that? You know, sometimes that's the way it life kind of rolls along, right? And just be comfortable with me, you know, Mm. sometimes, sometimes when I'm talking, my mouth is a bit like a sailor's and that's me, you know, sometimes, sometimes I like to put makeup on and, and look, you know, more put together. That's me too, right? And just get comfortable with who am I, you know, what's my best self look like today?
0: Mm. I don't know. And being yeah. okay with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just Except being okay with it. Life gets messy. We all make mistakes. <laughs> you know, we all got stuff. And you know, just really can I can I be okay with that? Can I accept other people? You know, mm. just the way that, so mm. yeah.
0: one one final thing I just wanted to touch on, Corinne, was it's kind of going a bit back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation, but it's Going back to that fight or flight response, and I know you said it was like impacting on your health. And um, mm. I've had quite a few conversations with people on that and been in the whole getting into the whole somatic area into like the breathwork area. Um, mm. it's really intriguing and something I never thought about. Is there is there anything in particular that you found useful for perhaps getting into some of those feelings in the body that have been stored away. I know you've got a couple of techniques as well.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. So breath work is great. So um there's, you know, there's obviously you can YouTube tons of things like Winhof has really great breath work. Oh, I do um, it every day. <laughs> person that's it, you know, I really like that personal relationship. Um I do a lot of things to balance energy. Um so I, I see a Reiki master. I see her once a month and go to the chiropractor. Um, but as far as getting in, in restoring homeostasis within your body, um, meditation is one of the best things that you can do, Um, through the meditate meditation process. They found that you can actually regrow the telomere, which the telomere is like the little shoelace cap, uh, you know, that little tip of the shoelace cap, um, it's the stop code for the DNA replication cycle. So in that, when it wears off, right, that gets what can create an abnormal cell. Hmm. We need that cap and it can be regrown through things like meditation, um, oh, wow. to restore homeostasis to your body. Um, we want to calm the sympathetic nervous system. and it can you know havening is something that can calm the nervous system. So we you, know, you got hands on each shoulder. I am here, I am safe. I am me. you know you say these things to yourself in just thirty to sixty seconds and it can soothe anxiety. It can help release. Um, the stress that's in your body. Um right now, you know, working to just to release, because my body just at night it doesn't, my brain doesn't shut off. I went and I had my brain scanned done and um and it it shows, right? I'm not relaxing when I go to sleep. So doing meditation before I go to sleep, taking a warm bath, you know, um, sense you want to make sure you have a dark room and it's cool um, to help calm things. Um and reminding myself that I'm not in, I'm not in a space anymore that's unsafe. I haven't been for a really long time. I've been with my husband for 31 years, you know, and so life is oh, is good, right? But telling that to the inside of my body is a whole nother story. So there's so many different ways that you can use um, to relax that nervous system, but it it really is retraining. Um, that's where the neuroencoding is awesome too, because it starts with the thought and we want to calm ourselves, calm our bodies into re- in reminding it that we're not living in that trauma because every time you relive the trauma, it's as if it's happening again. Um, so, I'll, you know, I, I like to share my story. I like to talk about my family, but I want to focus on what was good, you know? What was good about that? I can tell you about all of the other stuff, but that's going to send my body back into fight or flight, right? And I'm going to start to release lots of adrenaline, lots of cortisol, and it's a space I don't want to go into, you know. So reminding yourself that that's just not that's not it's not real anymore, and not talking about it. And focus if you focus on the past, right? Vibrationally. Focusing on the past brings you down into a very low vibration. That's why when people are depressed, they're like, it feels heavy, right? It feels dark. They, they go inward, right? It's because uh, from a va- vibrational standpoint, that's really what's happening within their body. When you're feeling things like joy and love, right? Your body's like, there's a party going on there. And vibrationally, you're way up here, right? You feel light, you feel airy, because you really are. It stretched out, you know, the waves, right? Down, depression, heavy, and we go within, you know, we start to curl up and go inside. Mm. I can tell you all kinds of stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, lots of techniques and uh, lots of ways, and yeah, just making sure you're connecting with you I think uh (laughs)
1: it's
0: the overarching (laughs) message that we can get so busy and forget not to so Corrine like thank you so much uh for sharing everything today we could obviously go on for a lot longer I know in our conversation (laughs) uh but but for now like where can the listener find you if they want to find out a little bit more about your work um or get in touch um they
1: can go to my website which is just you know, www.kareenzueliger.com or um, you can get me on Instagram, is probably the best place. Um, it's kareen underscore zueliger. Um, and, you know, Facebook, you can find kareenzueliger life coaching on Facebook as well.
0: Awesome. Love it. So, a massive thank you once again, Kareen, for everything you shared today. I've really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Uh, thank you for having me, Johnny. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course. So, that concludes our episode for today. And remember, you are in control of your own self-esteem and confidence.